I think I can think of 49 reasons why I'm doing better than you. Oklahoma got on the train and left town. And OSU, I think, kind of got their feelings hurt. What's up, college football fans, and welcome back to an new episode of the Cover 2 College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smithson, joined, as always, by my co-host, the Oakie Longhorn himself, Dalton Chandler. Dalton, as usual, first and foremost, how are we doing today, buddy? We're doing good, man. We are four days away from Christmas, three days, or, yeah, four days away from Christmas, three days if you're my kids. Since I work on Christmas Day, we celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve, so yeah, it is. That sucks you got to work on Christmas. No, not really. Not really? No, better than spending time with family. Oh, all right. Nobody listens. Fa- hey, to, family's overrated. Hey, nobody nobody listens to this, so I, we ain't got to worry That's about it. That's true, yeah. Yeah, we found out this past weekend that none of our you know closest friends even bother to listen to our podcast, so we're not even really sure why we're still doing this at this one, point. One of, our, one of our friend's wives said she watched us. Yeah, yeah. We're actually... <laughs> Yeah, I had to make sure my blinds on this bedroom window are closed. Somebody's watching me. It's kind of creepy. Somebody's got a camera set up in my house. Um, yeah, Christmas right around the corner. Uh, obviously, we want to wish all of our listeners a ha- uh, Merry Christmas if you celebrate it. If not, you know, sorry. Uh, Happy Hanukkah, <laughs> don't, I guess. Don't want to offend anybody, but um, we will. I'll be celebrating Christmas on Christmas Day, I guess. Um, we'll have new equipment. Yes, yeah, we... We are going to be upgrading slightly. Uh, but, Dalt, you know, it's kind of Christmas in college football right now for, you know, the recruiting aspect of it. we got early signing day is actually today as we are recording. Uh, there have been some some kind of some shakeups today across the landscape of college football. A lot um, of movement this week. A lot of flips, a lot of, you know, decommitments, a lot of flips. Some some people that have, you know, sign, uh, not signed said they're going to gonna wait maybe until – uh, regular signing day that's in February. Um, but, you know, right off the rip, first, you know, a couple things. We're, we're going to get into some signing day talk, we're recruiting classes, transfer stuff, stuff like that. Uh, but the first thing I wanted to talk about, Dalt, was this uh, Army linebacker Andre Carter. I'm sure, we, you know, we talked about this. Um, for our listeners, basically – this guy is a top projected top, you know, first round draft pick linebacker for Army um, in the Service Academy. Um, it came out what was it like last week? It looked like he was he had found out that he wasn't going to defer his service and basically declare for the draft. Yeah, and now they've pushed a bill through that is going to allow him to do so, along with other you know members of the Service Academies. So it's not just exclu- exclusive to him. But it's kind of interesting. So in in 2019, Trump actually, with the Secretary of, Def- of Defense, they changed guidelines allowing players at the academies to do this. To defer their... To defer their service. Well, then it got changed, and now <laughs> it's basically being changed back. And so it's grandfathering in players that enrolled before, I think it was like some some date in 2021 was what I saw. Uh, June enrolled prior to June first, twenty twenty one. But um, so I guess if this is not going to be something that is continued in the future, these guys are just grandfathered in because they were grandfathered in because that's when the bill was signed and they technically. But this, I mean, you know, 
this is a major deal for this kid, Andre Carter. He's oh, yeah. a re- really good linebacker. Uh, like I said, he's number 22 overall on Mel Kuyper's quote-unquote big board for the draft. Um, so that's a lot of money, first-round money. That's that's a lot of money that's life-changing for him. So that's obviously great. You know, I, I get the sentiment of most people that go to the service academy not necessarily to continue their athletic career further you just don't have that a ton and yeah. most of them they do it to continue and pursue a career in the military yeah because i mean a lot of people don't know this but once you you don't just go to school there like you don't just go play football or baseball or basketball at one of the service academies you are required right. upon yeah. graduation to have a two-year service service a, right. min- a minimum of two-year <clears throat> service so and a lot of people that do that a lot of players that do that end up having long careers in the military and it's it's I wouldn't say it's super rare because there are some really good talents that come through the service academy colleges but to have a first round guy is is pretty rare right and and so this you know it's a great situation for him because obviously he probably didn't go to the service academy the army um west point to pursue a professional career but obviously his career kind of blossomed while being there and now he it looks like he has a chance to make some you know serious money in the nfl and so i i think it's great that and basically he isn't just necessarily necessarily allowed to defer it but he has to basically they he fills out like a waiver and so then it's approved which it will probably it, get it's, approved it's going to be approved um so you know great for him and you know his his life and his family. I know I read a couple articles about it. He they it said that his family they were like super stressed about it because like that's you're talking about like I said that's life changing money that first round money that signing bonus and all that. And you know yeah, I don't, that, that's a that's four year that's a four year contract too. That's right. Not- and so you know I I like this. I don't see the problem with it, especially like right now like. Obviously, things aren't perfect in America, military-wise, stuff like that. But, like, we're not necessarily fighting a legitimate war. Like, you know, right this moment, I don't know a ton about any of that stuff. But, like, it ain't like things are We are not really... actively involved right. in so, a war. For him to be able to do this, that that's great for, for him. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of just wanted to touch on that. But, you know, in other news, we... We have our bowl season, Dalt. It's underway, and surprisingly good picks by us. I believe we we have twelve total games that we have picked, with one tonight between South Alabama and Western Kentucky. We actually ran down our list, which I have not posted. I I don't think I'm going to end up posting it because it's just. I mean, I have a sheet of paper here, and it's literally every line on this piece of paper. I don't know that I have the capabilities to make that make a graphic. Yeah. I might have to pay somebody to make it for me, but um, I'm currently eight and four. Dalton is seven and five, so I'm up one game right now. And like I said, that game between South Alabama and Western Kentucky is tonight, and we are actually split on that. So you know, could gain some ground. Dalton could tie back up. Who knows? So, some of these bowl games, though, Dalton. I mean, you haven't had. Um, there's been some good. There's been some good bowl games. The SMU BYU game goes down to a. A two-point conversion. Right. What was the final of that? Like 24-23? Yeah, 24-23. SMU just says, you know, we're ready for offseason. Let's just go for the win. And they obviously don't get it. 
But what about the mighty SEC? Florida um, got got embarrassed. Trounced. By, I, I watched a good majority of that game, and Florida looked bad. Real bad. And I mean, props to Oregon State. I mean, what what a job that I, th- I believe his name is Jonathan Smith. What he's done there, um, rebuilding that program basically from nothing. A uh, second 10-win um, season. Yeah, they're so they finished ten and three on the year, um, furthering the narrative of the Pac-12 having a great a great season, much better than what most people expected. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the final of that game was what thirty to three or yeah. thirty-three to three. Thirty-three to three. Florida kicked a field goal to keep their quote-unquote long active games. With point, points scored. Points scored. Wow. Good good for the Gators. Pat McAvee went absolutely crazy whenever they kicked that field goal. They, that game was interesting because they had a three-man broadcast team with McAfee and Herb Street, and I can't think of the other. It was a, a well-known guy that was doing the, um, the play-by-play. I can't think of his name. But – McAfee's just wild. Yeah. I mean, he just says just the most, and you see him in like the gold uh, blazer in the booth. Uh, he said he, you know, he dressed for the occasion because it was the uh, was it the Las Vegas Bowl? Was that what bowl it was? I think that's what it was. I think it, that's because it, it was in Vegas. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he he was maybe more entertaining than the game itself. Uh, I mean, unless you're an Oregon State fan, if you're an Oregon State fan, you were well entertained. So, other than that, looking down this list here, uh, you know, the the Scott Satterfield Bowl there at Fenway, uh, Cincinnati looked really bad. Really bad. Really incapable. Um, I think Cincinnati's fixing to fall off a cliff, Dalt. I do, too. Right before they walk into the Big 12. Because, I mean, Malik Cunningham didn't even play for Louisville. Oh, right. And you're talking about they – they lose their coach, Luke Fickle, who, you know, had built something there pretty special, took them to the playoff um, as a non-Power 5 team, first team to ever do so. He decides to leave. You then hire a guy who wasn't definitely wasn't an what upgrade. Great. It was not an no, upgrade. No, and But to be fair, they weren't going to upgrade from Luke Fickle, but – there were better hires out there than this. All right, and and that's not to just totally bag on Scott Satterfield. This is a guy, that's a guy that's had some success at other places. He just really wasn't very good at Louisville, so that's what didn't make a ton of sense about the move. But with them coming into the Big Twelve, and it you know looking like potentially maybe making the wrong hire, things could get kind of dicey for Cincinnati pretty quick. I think. You know, and and they're going to kind of be an outlier in the Big Twelve, a lot like kind of like West Virginia geographically. Yeah, they're going to um, travel in their own area. Um, so, I I think Cincinnati they're kind of kind of lingering in the danger zone uh, right right now. If if I was going to say, but the Jackson State game was kind of wild. That poor that poor that poor white kid. <laughs> Did you see Roger Goodell's nephew, yeah. I believe, yes, plays for plays Charlton for Goodell was his name? Plays for Jackson State, yep. So, Shadur kind of goes off in this game for the most part uh, and leads a pretty big comeback to tie the game. They tied the game with what, like as time expired, as time expired. on a fourth down play, like fourth and ten, throws a touchdown pass to now in the portal, Travis Hunter, who's... Uh, you know. Okay, here, here's my deal, because I got ripped by BP for saying that Shadur doesn't throw a good ball. And he said that the ball to Travis Hunter was a dime. You're throwing 
to the number one player in the country versus a bunch of guys that didn't have very many D1 offers. Uh, yeah, I don't think that requires a great ball. Right? You just, like, hey, Travis Hunter, go get it. All right. Put it put it in the vicinity. And- right, and he's going to come down with it. And But, I mean, the game goes to overtime. The what was it? Didn't the Jacksonville State got the ball first? Well, uh, all I know is the game ended basically on it was fourth down. They yeah. go for it, and the the ball hits the kid right in the hands. Yeah, no, no, it. no. Okay, so that that Jacksonville State did get the ball second. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, that's he hit. I think I don't remember the kid's name. I've seen that Dion was talking to him after the game. Right, and you know, conveniently they get that all on video. Right, it's like, eh, you know, that's Colorado fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was was that really genuine coaching, or was that, hey, let's make Prime look good? You know, I don't want to question that. You know, I'm I'm sure he's a great guy to play for, a great coach. But um, other than that, Dalt, you know, I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on Frank Gore Jr. basically rushing for a thousand yards against who do they play? Rice. 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 Um, the JT Daniels. Yeah. Led Rice now. Um, what was it? Three hundred and twenty-nine rushing yards, I believe. Yeah, on twenty-one carries. Yep, I believe that's a little over fifteen yards a carry. Uh, pretty good day at the office, Dalt. He was so in the zone, he hit his aunt with a stiff arm in the post game. <laughs> yeah, he said, "Chill, <laughs> Chill auntie." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was that was great. But uh, Frank Gore Jr. Um, he. I, I guess yeah that that's probably performance so far performance of the bowl season so far that was very impressive we both picked Southern Miss so that that worked out well for us uh, but Dalt I mean with that you know we we touch here on these bowl games like we've got several more obviously to go over the next few weeks we are going to do our playoff and New Year's Six preview next week after Christmas. Are those going to be against the spread? <laughs> or are we just doing pickums on those? I think we're just going to stick to the, the pickem. Pick as far as just pick a winner. Um, it's like I touched on earlier, early signing day, big day in college football. It's like Christmas for a guy like Hayes Fawcett who makes the edits for all these players. I'm I, sure he's a – I would really like to know how much he makes per edit. But, yeah, uh, I'm sure it's quite a bit. I, I bet he just loves when a kid reaches out and is like, hey, I'm committing. And then like a month later he's like, hey, I'm flipping. And he's like – Doubling up. Yeah, cha-ching. It's, you want to go back? You just hear like a casino machine going off <laughs> yeah. in the background. Transfer portal kids. <laughs> um, so, you know, we obviously, this podcast, we, we kind of touch on recruiting from time to time. We don't have like major inside information other than what we see on Twitter, which we're obviously both pretty involved in Twitter. I know you watched a lot of the coverage today on 247. Yeah, um, I, wa- I watched live the YouTube channel today. Um but I kept up with it as best as I could, whether it was I, – I listened to the radio pretty much all day. Um, I kept up with it on Twitter. I guess what we'll kind of do to start out with, uh, we're going to talk, you know, as far as regular 2023 classes, and then we'll kind of touch on the transfer portal. Um, but, you know, right off the rip, Alabama, number one class in the country. It's looking like that's going to – That's going to stick. That's going to stick with – as of right now, according to 247 Dalt, they have six five-stars, 24 stars, and we talked about it just before we started recording. Their lone three-star is their kicker. Yeah. So, 
You know, if you're gonna have a three star somewhere might in the class, might as well probably be the best kicker in the country. Yeah. So yeah. So, but I'll just quick rundown of the top ten. You have Georgia at two. Your Texas Longhorns at three. Miami at four. Ohio State five. LSU at six. Oregon, big mover today. Huge mover. At seven, Oklahoma at eight, Notre Dame at nine, and Tennessee rounds out the top ten. Um, you know, kind of some other, you know, looking at the top 15, you got Clemson at 11, uh, Florida at 12, Penn State 13, A&M at 14, USC there at 15, which USC, as far as outside of the top ten, they have three five stars. Um, but as far as four stars, they only have seven. They only have seven. With uh, ten three stars. So that that's your top 15, you know. And, you know, that's kind of a Lincoln-Riley recruiting class. A good quarterback, a couple good receivers. Right. And then just some lower-tier defensive guys. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you look at their class – the the headliner of their class is obviously the Malcon Nelson kid, the quarterback, and then the uh two two wide receivers in Zachariah Branch and Makai Lemon. Uh but back to the top ten. Um we talk we touch on Bama, uh like it's pretty self explanatory. With them in Georgia, they're top two or three, one, two, three every year. Um your Longhorns, they have inked four five stars, so it's been a good day for you guys. It's been a good day. Um you guys actually just recently moved into number three from four. You just jumped Miami. Um, but the biggest mover of the day, we couldn't not talk about Oregon. Uh, they signed two five stars today within a matter of 10 minutes when they flipped the Bowen kid from Notre Dame. And then, like, literally five minutes later, uh, DJ Uyungle's little brother, Mateo. Mateo, he announces that he's committed to the Ducks. They flipped a Baylor quarterback four star early first thing this, morning. this morning. That, that was, was the eight, first, that was first thing that happened. He's, I think, like the number ten quarterback in the country. The Novasad kid. Uh, they flipped a cornerback from LSU. Now they have lost a couple players with all that, but they. I don't even think Oregon was in the top ten. No, they. Um, they might have been verge top fifteen after losing the Moore kid to UCLA. Right. So yeah, they. That, well, that that was why I had messaged you that earlier today because they've signed all these guys and it's like you know he's he's sitting there thinking man I decommitted but you know you know of course these guys all talk to each other so he might have even known yeah but I mean I I don't know that Oregon's done yet Dalt they've made a pretty serious push for A and M commit uh, David, David Hicks, Hicks. yeah who, he he has not put pen to paper yet he I believe is making an announcement on Friday uh, from what I heard on the radio today uh, he's obviously committed to A and M. For a long time, he was supposedly going to commit to Oklahoma, kind of the last second when he announced his commitment back in, I think, September. He committed to A&M. He's been back and forth. There's been, you know, rumblings at Oklahoma, he's, and he's visited Oregon. He's visited Oregon four times since committing so, to – you know, with what Oregon is doing, um, I think they have a good chance. I think they have a real good chance. Um but I, I ultimately, with everything I've heard, being as as close to it as OU has been, um, he's in very close with A and M. His dad just actually got the job down there in Katy, um, a head coaching job at the high school down there. So I, 
I think he's probably going to stick at A&M, but it wouldn't shock me if he did end up at Oregon uh, with the push that they've made. you you got to imagine that they're uh, moving some pretty serious Nike. NIL money. Yeah, you think, you I, think? I, I, I was going to say, you know, if I was Oregon, I would be flexing that. Like, we, we, give, you- we give A&M a lot of crap for their number one greatest recruiting class ever last year. That ultimately was a flop. It was a huge flop. But, well, I guess you, you can't really say it's a flop, but well, half those kids are in the portal. Yeah, but, you know, they come out and they're like, it automatically comes out and Saban's like, well, they bought them players. and Which is true. Yeah, I mean, instead of just owning it. I think Saban ain't buying players at Alabama. Right, you think Texas, you think I mean, he ain't, he ain't got He don't got A&M money, but no. they got money. Yeah, and he's got a little bit better clout than – Oh yeah, Jimbo does. He don't. He it, don't need it, the money. That it don't A&M cost has. as much no, 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 for no. him to buy players. He's got that discount. Um, but A and M had a perfect opportunity to just flex and be like, "Yeah, we got it. Got all that Come dirty, get it. That dirty oil money." Yeah, and then now, now Oregon's in a great position to be like, "Hey, Nike's footing the bill. Let's go." Which. Again, obviously, it's it's not as cut and dry as like Nike play, paying these guys because like that is not allowed still. But you know, Phil Knight, the the owner and founder of Nike, he probably has a pretty heavy hand in the nil in the nil fund. It's really confusing nli and nil. National well, Letter it's no longer. Um, oh yeah, it's it's ni. It's no longer nli. It is now uh, nil. No, it's OIL. Official or OLI, official letter of intent. Okay, okay. I got what you're saying now. I thought you were making a joke about what Dabo said. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> I don't even want to get started on God's name, image, and likeness. What an interesting comment. Um, what a tool. I, I like mean, how you know like the, how dare you? I, I'm all for Dabo those beliefs, but you know, Probably you, you know, just basically said that your program, it's yeah, was godlike. Yeah, not ideal. No, <laughs> Dabo. He, your quarterback was Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> uh, I don't know if there's very many massage parlors in uh, Clemson, South Carolina, but you know, I- interesting comments from Dabo. Um, you know, but b- back to these these classes. Um, for me, it was nice as an OU fan. You know, we were in the running for a couple guys that they ended up not getting today. Peyton Boeing being Bowen being one of those guys. The other was Tassilia Kana, who ended up signing with Texas. Um, I don't really think you know they made a kind of a push late for Akana. I don't know that that was ever really. You guys had a a good obviously. No, no. Well, no. It's I the mean, way around. No, I'm saying OU was never early on a favorite for him and then they were a favorite for him late then you guys came in late late but i was more so saying he you have his best friend from hawaii yeah his sister's on the volleyball team but with the boat so i what i mean when i say that is the iconic kid for me as an ou fan going to texas like obviously it sucks to lose a guy to you guys of course before anybody but I feel like I can almost stomach it a little bit more because he's from Hawaii. Like, so his sister's down there, his best friend's there. Like, there's, you know, and obviously NIL stuff. Like, that's fine. But, like, the Bowen kid who it looked like all roads pointed to Oklahoma for a long time, 
And then Oklahoma don't even have a hat on his table, which is bizarre compared because of what I heard today and what I have heard for the last couple of months is that he's told the coaches, he's told his best friend, Jackson Arnold, who's going to be the quarterback at Oklahoma. His girlfriend's committed to play on the soccer team in Oklahoma. Everybody said, yeah, like he's told us he's like, he basically got called a liar by basically every insider for Oklahoma today for saying that he was coming and then he doesn't. But as a fan, I'm never going to sweat about a guy that you never really had. He hasn't played a down for Oklahoma. I I think he's probably going to be a good player. Um, But the most reassuring thing for me, I think today, Dalt, is it's the first time I can remember for a while as an OU fan. Uh, We had 23 commitments going into today. Signed all 23 of them, and we got one extra. Uh, so 24 total signees for, for my Sooners. Um, obviously a good day, top eight class. Um, you know, there's probably still some possibility to improve, but as far as today, they're definitely done. I mean. And we'll we'll talk about it after we get done going over this, but you mean you miss on a couple of these guys, and you're like, it hurts, but at the same time, you look kind of. We'll go into what their portal team looks like, and you're like, "Does it hurt? Right. As bad? The sting doesn't hurt as bad." And you know that's what. Well, Texas they they've signed. They've signed a really good class, and we don't sign this class without our prize possession arch in arch. You know, we don't get half these guys. But Texas comes out and they sign the number one quarterback in the country, the number one linebacker, and the number one running back. So, I mean, to say that Sark knew what he needed, he knows he's losing the best running back in the country. He knows that he needs a good quarterback to lead him into the SEC, and he knows that linebacker play has been bad. What – and Steve Wolf. Fong touched on it after they picked up Akana. He said, Steve Sarkeesian is coming to Texas and he's recruited the front seven on both sides of the football at the national championship level. And that's not something that Tom Herman or Charlie Strong did. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, you, you guys have four or five stars and obviously the three guys you just talked about Arch Manning, uh, the Hill kid, the linebacker, uh, Cedric Baxter is the running back, and then Jonte Cook, a uh, five-star wide receiver. You know, it's a good class for Texas. Obviously, it's a class to build on with you guys' top five class that you had a year ago. So, obviously, uh, Sark doing doing some positive things um, in recruiting. Um, you know, he needs to get that to translate on the field at – you know, appears things may be headed in the right direction for you guys in that regard. Uh, something I saw that was interesting today, I believe it was actually your boy, uh, Doc Texas, tweeted it out. Uh, top four classes in the country are Nick Saban and three of his former coaches. Yeah, I've I seen that. that. That's, you know, that's pretty interesting, obviously. Um, you know, that it makes sense, obviously, you know, with those guys that they coached under Saban. Um a guy that is not a former Saban assistant, which is kind of surprising to look at. Ohio State's sitting there at five, Dalt. One five-star 
And they've actually lost some guys, uh, decommits and flips. It's, they, they lost the number one player in the country ne- in next year's cycle. Is the sky kind of falling on Ryan Day a little bit? I think the Michigan losses are kind of putting a dark cloud around the program. Because now, I mean, now you now we say that there's a coach on this staff that does not miss, and that is wide receivers coach. Well, Heartline. Yeah, I mean. I mean, he doesn't miss. This is, I want to say, between this and next year, it's like he's like four or five years in with a five-star wide receiver commit. Right, and I they mean, have their their one five-star this year is, is the the Ennis kid, the, was, the wide receiver. He was committed to OU at one point, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yes. Before He was one of the ones that decommitted. Well, I, I think he – I think he might have been committed even before. I think he might have decommitted even before Lincoln, before left. Lincoln left. I think I, I remember him being talked about, but I don't, I don't remember how that all unfolded. But yeah, looking at their class, I mean, you know, typically I feel like Ohio State they're kind of riddled with you know, kind of like Lincoln Riley, like offensive guys. But you know, they typically get a couple big name. You know, they had the the Bosa brothers. Um, the the Zach Harrison kid was a highly recruited kid. They were in the running for the Keon Keeley kid who committed to Alabama. He's one of their six five stars. Um, but you know, and I'm not saying that Ryan Day should be fired. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. But I I will say this: if he goes out there and gets embarrassed by Georgia, like if, he's you going, know, like he's going to, if he puts together another season like he did this year, and gets beat by Michigan again. I'm telling you, if they lose to Michigan again he's for a third year in a row, he's, he's going to get fired. He'll get fired. He will 100% get fired. Like, they, Ohio State won't do it. No. They will, they will fire his, you know what. Like, yeah. But but you got to look. They, they hadn't lost to Michigan in, what, 15, 16 years? It had been a while. Yeah, I think I mean, since like the early two thousands. Six eight. Urban never lost to no. him. Um, I mean, even Luke Fickle when he was the interim, whenever what's his name got fired, he never lost. He didn't lose to him in that one year. It's a, it, it's very close to being curtain call for Ryan Day if he puts together a poor showing in the playoff, and then comes out next year, and is flat. Yeah. Because next year you don't have C.J. Stroud. So, right. Uh, so, yeah, th- things could get – and he lost his quarterback, obviously, the the Rayoli, I think is his name. But he wasn't going to get there until next year. He's a 24 commit. Right. So, you know, you look at Miami, they're sitting at four. Now, one money of their – Money is flowing in Miami. But one of their biggest names, actually, they thought was going to sign today – and he did not. Uh, he's the number one, number two player nationally. Number one at his position, um, Cormani Coleman, or Cormani McLean, cornerback out of uh, Lakeland, Florida. He announced, I believe his mom actually his mom put it out on it Twitter out. today that he was not signing they today. Had, they had like a huge cake, a big celebration for him and everything at his school. So... I know there's a lot of um, there's some smoke around smoke his for Dion out at Colorado, and then I think one Nicholas Saban may have something to do may have something to say about his commitment. I'm gonna I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that Alabama probably wins this recruitment if he doesn't didn't wake up and sign today. 
I'm, I, I'd almost lock him in for which an now, Alabama commit. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Dion is. Did he for, did he flip from Florida to Miami? Because I'm looking at his page on two four seven, and he was. He no, was no, no. They just they to, just had him locked because he was that. crystal balled to Florida, and I guess he committed to Miami. Yeah, no, yeah, he was crystal balled to them and locked with so, Miami. <laughs> That's obviously something to keep an eye on for Miami. Miami's class. Mario Cristobal has done a heck of a job down there, which he he did it at Oregon too. Um, you you gotta wonder if that's going to translate to the field. You you think that it will, but you don't really know for certain. Well, and you know one thing that he's done this year, and he he did it very well at Oregon. He had he had basically three of Texas's linemen committed right. to him. Right, and you know, and when he left, Texas ended up picking them up, but he's got the number one and the number three offensive tackles right. in he, this class. He, he recruits the heck out of offensive linemen. That was, I believe, the position that he played, and that you know that's what he coached before he got into into head coaching. Um, you know, the only other teams we haven't really touched on in the top ten, you know, LSU, I mean, you know, they're, they're kind of always there. This class. Right. I, I don't think that they just have anybody that just flashes out at you. Um the, there are five stars, a offensive tackle that I mean, the Taviano kid. Yeah, they did get the the, Tavion, the Taviano kid. I I did see that. Um, and then the other teams, you know, Notre Dame, they take a hit today. They've been getting bludgeoned today. Uh, they lose Bowen, who was I believe their lone five star of this class. So they're a team that you know they're in the top ten at number nine. Zero five stars. They have twenty four stars though. Um, so you know nothing to. Nothing to shake a stick at uh, for Marcus Freeman and Co. But you got to think that they were they were pretty well blindsided by Bowen. Uh, I don't know if you saw his. Did you see his? He he picked up the Notre Dame hat, threw it, put on. it on. His mom was so excited. Took it off, then put on the Oregon hat. Which you know, this is probably going to sound totally just lame and old. You 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 are though. You have that, I hate have that opinion on that I so hate, much. Don't put on the hat. Like it's not cool. It's not cool. <laughs> You're not cool putting on another team's hat, taking it off, like building up this suspense. Like just pick up the t- like to me it's it's kind of disrespectful to the coaches that were, they spent all that time rec- and they don't know. They're sitting there watching with everybody else and they see you pick up their hat first and put it on. And then you just take it off and throw it back down the top. Like, just pick up the damn Oregon hat and put it on if that's where you're going. And then he says, oh, I didn't know until, you know, I was sitting there at the tape. Like, come on. Come on. You knew. I you, mean. The check cleared. <laughs> the come on now. Check at the bank. No, I mean. There, you, there is no other explanation for him go, going to Oregon of the, you know, the two to three teams that that he was planning on deciding between. Well, I mean, if if I was if I was gonna pick, if I was a defensive player, and you got to look at it, the coaches that were in his top three, all of them head coaches are defensive guys. Right. He was making a business decision. He had Marcus Freeman, Brent Venables, and then Dan Lanning at Oregon. Oh, you thought they had him? Oh yeah. Oh oh, everybody thought he was a hundred percent OU, and as the he week, got, he as got, the week went on, he got he, bonged to OU. Yeah. As the week the went, as the week went on, he never decommitted, and it kind of turned into a deal where Notre Dame felt good that they were going to be able to keep, keep him because he never decommitted. 
Well, and it kind of resonated with everybody. Everybody's like, well, Notre Dame's in a good spot. And then he sits down at the table, and there's not even an OU hat at the table. Right. It's just Notre Dame and Oregon. And, you know, there was a lot of buzz about it over the last week. Me, I, obviously, knowing as much as I do about it because of being an OU fan, I keep up quite a bit with recruiting. Uh, there was a rumor going around that he was going to take a visit to Oregon this past Saturday. And so everybody said if that visit happens, it will be, you know, the last team to talk to him. Before so the dead period. there's a good chance that he will – that might sway him. That visit didn't happen. He did not go. The last team to talk to him The was, last team was OU. Was it OU? Yes. It was I, Oklahoma. I thought Notre Dame got an in-house with him. Mm-mm. Oklahoma talked to him. They were the last team to talk to him. They got it in-home. Venables. And he visited Oklahoma over a dozen times over the last year. Literally, over a dozen times. I don't know if you – that's 12. Over 12 times that he was in Norman. That's a lot. And like I said, you know, girlfriends typically undefeated in recruiting. Uh, not anymore. But, you know, we're talking about Notre Dame. Well, so. I mean, the last time that OU had a safety follow him, he ended up doing a cartwheel at the hands of Bijan. He probably didn't want to follow in them footsteps. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, you know <laughs> – it it is it so that that's my thing back to Notre Dame like it it had to have sucked for Freeman and company because oh, yeah. you know like I said they're probably sitting there watching this and based like I said on everything I heard today he basically was telling everybody I'm coming so he was telling Notre Dame he was coming he was telling Oklahoma he was coming and obviously he was telling Oregon he was coming because that's where he's going um, now I did hear actually on the radio he still has not signed the letter of intent no he hadn't signed but that's neither here nor there. Um, Could you imagine he signs, signs flips again, flips again, <laughs> signs it, rips it in half. Yeah. Psych goes uh, goes to sign it, and he's like, "Just kidding!" Like throws it off yeah. the table and signs. I'm going to A and M. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> Which that that was another team that was supposedly in the running for him. You didn't hear anything about Oregon until like literally literally this last month. Um, but and we're we keep well, we keep going back to him. That that's kind of the biggest story I feel like of today is him flipping to Oregon. I think that's probably the biggest story of this early signing day. Uh, I think he was like the number twelve player in the country, and just the fact that he flipped on his like it was kind of it was just shocking uh, more so than anything. Um, but the only team Dalt that we really literally haven't touched at all in this top ten is Tennessee. I haven't seen anything on Tennessee. I know they have the quarterback commit. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name. Um, he's going through practices. Uh, he's on campus going through right. practices. Nick, I do not know how in the world. How do you say that his is name? possible? Nick Nicholas. Nick. I am. I am a Leva. I, I probably just butchered that, but yeah, he, I don't know. He, is, that a, is that an I or an L to start his name? I think it's an I. If it was L, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah, you're right. Um, so he's number four national player, three at his position. So, I mean, the f- four of the top, three of the top four, three of the top four are quarterbacks: Nelson, Kidd, Manning, and and him. Um, Tennessee, obviously, what Josh Heupel's doing there is it's he's obviously built that program basically from from scratch. Uh, had basically built it from nothing on what Butch Jones and uh, the Pruitt, the Greg Pruitt, what he left it as. So you know, doll that that's our that's your top ten. Um, as far as you know, we we went through the top fifteen. Um, 
you know, Auburn has made kind of a push today. They're in the top 20. TCU at 18 is kind of, you know, it's kind of surprising. Well, uh, them in Michigan, Michigan's kind of – And Michigan being as down there kind of as far as they are is kind of surprising to me. But once we once we talk about their portal class, you'll understand right, that right. the the lower your recruiting class is, the higher you have to supplement in the transfer portal. And so, perfect segue – Speaking of transfer classes, we are going to go, you know, touch on our transfer classes. And at number one is the Michigan Wolverines. They have uh, seven kids out of the portal so far. Number two is Florida State. Three, UCLA. Uh, number six or four is USC. Oklahoma State at number five. Uh, number six is Oregon. Number seven, Kentucky. Number eight, Miami. Number nine, Oklahoma. And at number 10 is TCU. Um. Kind of surprising, Oklahoma State at five. You know, Gundy, kind of a, a little Dabo-ish. Not, not a big guy as far as on the portal. Uh, and they have lost a ton I was, I was about to, say, to I mean, the portal. But he's he's kind of, you know, made a, a bit of a statement out of the portal. He's got, you know, and, and this is nothing major. He's got seven commits, three four-stars, two three-stars. Um, I know they got... The linebacker from Tulsa was a good kid. The linebacker from Tulsa. They got the running back from... Um, Western Kentucky or Western no, Western uh, Michigan. Was it Western Michigan? Yeah. Uh, they yeah. got the Western Michigan, Sean Tyler. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know what I'm looking at here. They got both linebackers from Tulsa. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the wide receiver they got from Washington State. I was thinking he was a running back. No, no, no. Cornerback from Arkansas State. They lose what the shocking thing to me is they lose Mason Cobb. To USC. To USC. And they use, lose Presley's little brother. Bra- to uh, Tulsa. Brennan Presley's brother, Braylon, to Tulsa. Um, Dominic Richardson, the running back, he's headed to Baylor. Uh, the biggest l- entry for them that it's leaving is obviously Spencer Sanders. We don't know where he's going to land just yet. It look looking like probably Penn State. You hear um, an outside shot. At Alabama's, that's, that's some rumors that's, that I've kind of heard. That's wild to me. S- swirling. Uh, that's not nothing confirmed by any stretch. But, yeah, I mean, you know, looking at these rankings, Dalt, USC at four, that's no surprise. No, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, Riley lives is, on the portal. He's a big like, portal guy. He, he, you know, feasts on the portal. You got UCLA at six or at three with six commits. They're another team. Uh, Chip Kelly does a lot of stuff with the portal. Uh, Michigan at number one, you know, you look at – they got the kid from Nebraska. The I think he's a linebacker, the the Hosman kid. Yeah, Ernest Hosman. Supposed to be a really good player. Uh, they, they did lose, you know, the McNamara kid to Iowa, but obviously that's not a major loss to the, for them with J.J. McCarthy going forward. Um, they pick up the pair of linemen from Stanford, right? The center Drake Nugent, and then the offensive tackle in Miles Hinton. Kind of shocking that you know they lose the uh, Eric All kid. I thought, yeah, I thought that he was like a Michigan hero. The fact that he chose to go to Iowa kind of was shocking to me, but they actually have two tight ends in the portal. 
you know, this, this is kind of hard to look at on this because they because they've, they've got, got both. They, they've got both. They've got it's in like really, and out. You got to really. But another team that we, you know, they're in the top ten. Two Alabama kids is TCU. Uh, they get the wide receiver and JoJo Earl, uh, and then the offensive tackle Brockermeyer kid. Um, the Texas legacy. And then they get the cornerback Avery Helm out of Florida. So you got you know two two programs that you know proud program in Alabama blue blood that Alabama is, and then you know Florida kind of they are on that tilt of a blue blood, not like it's a you know really good program. Um, Avery Helm, the cornerback, I, he's a four star kid. I don't. I don't really know how good he is. Um, they got another kid from LSU uh, tied in. He's small though. He's like six two. But maybe, maybe the maybe one of the bigger winners of the portal right now is Kentucky getting the Leary kid from NC State. Big win and uh, the running back from uh, was it Vanderbilt or Wake Forest? Uh, so they get a safety from Ohio State. They get the Leary kid. They got a running back from Vanderbilt. Ray, Vanderbilt. Ray Davis. Ray Davis. That's him. Um, so, obviously, Leary, that kind of speaks for itself as a guy that had a ton of success at NC State. Um, that's, for being honest, probably an upgrade yeah, from I Will mean, Levis. It's, it's 100% an upgrade. Unless you ask Mel Kuyper, that's an upgrade. I think the guy for, through the, for, threw for a ton of yards at NC State. Um, you know, Florida State, I – I don't guess I've seen a ton of the guys that they've got. They they have a kid from Miami, it looks like. They did get the Bell kid from South Carolina, the other tight end that transferred out. Uh, they got a linebacker, or a couple offensive linemen, one from UTEP, one from Auburn. Uh, and then, you know, I guess touch on my Sooners at nine. They their biggest name is definitely the McCullough kid from Indiana, uh, one of the better defensive players that came into the portal. Uh, they get Austin Stogner back at tight end, which you know I don't expect him to be like some uh, do amazing things coming back to you, but it's obviously great for for Oklahoma's tight end room. Um, just the experience that he's going to bring and the leadership. Uh, they they got a defensive lineman transfer from. Uh, Notre Dame also, Jacob Lacey. And then they keep the kid, the Yeah, the Wete kid. I, I could have swore I he goes out and then comes back in. I saw that he got in the portal, but I could have swore that I saw he was like retiring from football, like he was quitting to pursue other things, but now it's showing that he's basically back on the roster. So, you know, I think he was like a four star kid out of high school, so whatever. I mean, that's that's good, I guess. And then, you know, Florida State, did I did I talk about Florida State? Yeah, we touched on Florida State. We hadn't touched on Oregon. So, Oregon, they, let's see. They get Junior Ongolau from Texas. Yeah, they get the, the offensive lineman from Texas, linebacker out of um, Iowa. Now they do, they they got the um, Holden kid Tash- from Trashon Alabama. Holden, yep. Uh, he played quite a bit for Bama this year. They do lose Justin Flo, the linebacker, who was like one of the best players in that. I believe it was the 2020 class. Yeah, one of the, and one of the, the top linebacker. Weirdly class. enough, going to Arizona. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand that. You know, I think he's from. Is he from California? I think. I believe he played. I just clicked on him. He's yeah. yeah he's Upland, from Upland, California. California. I. 
I whatever. I guess I you know I don't understand that move at all. Arizona's not any good. I mean, they're not terrible anymore, but they're not they're not any good. Uh, but USC, you know, we touched. We didn't really touch on who they have gotten. We talked about the Cobb kid. Uh, that's a good pickup for them on the defensive side of the ball. He was one of OSU's best players, definitely their best linebacker this year. Their leading tackler. They do get the singer kid, the wide receiver from Arizona. I think that's a guy that's going to have an immediate impact for them. Well, I mean, you lose, and they, you lose Jordan Addison. You got to find another receiver, right? With experience. I mean, you, you, I know you bring in the five star freshman, but. How often has Lincoln Riley had a five-star freshman come in and make an immediate impact in the passing game? <coughs> they got a cornerback from Arizona as well, Christian Roland Wallace. And then a punter. They got a punter from Arizona State. That's That would be the uh, second punter that Lincoln Riley has poached from Arizona State, Michael Turk Michael of Oklahoma. Turk. He, he knows where to get them. So, you know, Dalt, we, we like to talk recruiting. Um you know, the other thing, if you want to touch on, you know, I'll pull it up. There are obviously still a lot of names in the portal. And we talked about OSU. Spencer Sanders at the moment is definitely, you know, one of the better quarterbacks available in the portal. Uh, him and your guy Hudson Card still out there. Uh, but Travis Hunter, you look at, you know, this top ten um, – Everybody says he's a lock to go to Colorado, but I guess... I got trolled by a fake Hayes Fawcett account. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, I wasn't even like paying that much attention. I just saw that, and I was like... And then I looked at it for a minute, and I was like, that does not look like a, a legitimate Hayes Fawcett edit. Yeah. Um, Travis Hunter goes into the portal Saturday night. Yeah, like, it literally got announced right, like... Right after the game. Not like... Yeah. Because we were talking about it at the, at the Christmas party. Yeah, and then... Dead period started Monday, right? I think so. So Sunday, he took a phone call from Kirby Smart. So there's a little well, smoke. I mean, that if you're Kirby George, Smart, yeah. If you're Travis Hunter, you I mean, Kirby yeah. Smart's going to say, "Hey, man, um, you know, I don't know how much you watched of us in 2021, but a lot of those guys that I coached on defense, they're making a lot of money in the NFL. Right. And then uh, a lot of these guys I have right now, they're going to do the same. So you know, I hey, mean, looked at Keely Ringo. You know, you want to come play for me, maybe win a national title, get some some pretty good in that NIL money, play defense where you belong, like play, uh, play the play corner, and then maybe get drafted in the first round. Hey, man, that's your choice. I'm gonna leave it up to you, but just the offer is on the table. Uh, so I'm looking here, adult, at the top uncommitted. Uh, you can click on that status and select uncommitted. But Travis Hunter is number one. The Harris kid out of A&M, the cornerback, he's currently number two. You still have the Cypress kid out of Virginia, the cornerback. And then Grayson McCall, another, the, I guess, the top available quarterback out of Coastal Carolina. If I was Mike Gundy, I would not let his phone, let him put his phone down. Well, I don't think he's going to go to Oklahoma State. No, I think he's going to end up at Auburn. Yeah, that that's kind of the trend. But then you got Dominic Lovett, wide receiver out of Missouri, uh Hudson Card, Texas former Texas quarterback, uh Jihad Carter, safety out of Syracuse, Braden Fisk, defensive lineman out of what is that Western Kentucky? Yeah, uh Western Michigan. Western Michigan, that's right. PJ Flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Row the boat. And then 
Ra Ra Thomas, it's showing, I guess, that he's predicted, he to, predicted go to, to go to predicted to go to Georgia. He's still not committed though. And then you have a uh, an, an offensive lineman, a Johnny, a Johnny Cornelius out of Rhode Island. Um, you know, you, you keep going down this list here, Dalt. You see DJ Uyengale, DJ U with a he's a making one, a business decision, a one hundred percent prediction crystal ball to who? Hawaii, the the rainbows. Yeah, the warriors, um, rainbow warriors, the rainbow warriors. You know, he's making a business decision. He says, "I'm going to go play a bunch of nobodies, and I'm going to put my toes in the sand in paradise." Don't you think? You know, it could be worse. You could be JT Daniels. God, he his his composite was point nine nine four nine. Yeah, and he's terrible. Yeah, he's terrible. He's not good. I am confident saying he's terrible. That's not a bad take. No, he's not a good college quarterback. Like he's not a winning college quarterback. No, can't do it. Um, you know, the Lloyd kid out of South Carolina. I think somebody's going to get a pretty good running back out of him. Uh, it's kind of it was a surprising one. That he's in the portal. The Dante Cephas kid looks like he's maybe headed to Penn State. Uh, that's a guy that I got to see up close and personal. Uh, play Oklahoma from Kent State this past season. He's, I think he's a really good wide receiver. That, like they had pretty good a game against Georgia too. Didn't yeah, he? that that'll be a good pickup for Penn State. Spencer Sanders might have a good time throwing him the ball. Brandon Armstrong, quarterback out of uh, Virginia. That's who OSU's probably going to get. He's about to take a visit yeah. to Stillwater. Right. So, and, and I think that'd be a good pickup for them. You know, they have the Flores kid in the, I believe, the 24 class. Um, the kid out of Nebraska. Yeah. Really good high school quarterback. Number, number one quarterback out of Nebraska. Um, so, you know, maybe a guy that can bridge that gap uh, in the in the Armstrong kid. Um Still have Luke Altmeyer out there. I think I'd be giving him a call too. You that, know, that's a guy with a longer bridge. The, and so there, there you see the Trey Harris kid that I talked to you about before we started. He's number twenty six on here, the wide receiver out of Louisiana Tech. Yeah, he's one hundred percent Oklahoma. Um, is the Catalan kid going to end up down at Texas? I don't I know. Saw he was in Austin. He was in Austin Monday night. Everybody made a big deal, like, oh, he's down there for a visit. He wasn't on a visit. He was just in town. Um, I It would be good to see him back. He was – Texas and Arkansas was in his top two Yeah, whenever he committed to Arkansas. It would be good to bring him back. Um, Texas just picked up a wide receiver from – or not a wide receiver, I'm sorry, a corner from Wake Forest today. He signed his – uh, official letter of intent. But, I mean, it's just, there's a lot of guys out there. We don't know where Hudson Card's going to go. Everybody kind of wanted, everybody wanted to see some Is, smoke around Florida, and they go and get. You think he's going to end up at Notre Dame? You know, I would, well, I, I would not be against that. If he, I'm Notre Dame, that, I mean. That's a get. Oh, yeah. And, 100%. And the that's thing. A, that's an upgrade. The thing with Hudson Card. The, the pine kid. Yeah, the thing with Hudson Card is Hudson is now going into his master's degree. Yeah. And he had made a big deal about he wants to go to a school that has a good 
uh, master's program. And I don't think it gets any better than what Notre Dame can offer you in that sense. Yeah, so speaking of quarterbacks, we we touched on it a little bit. We would be um, cutting it short here on the podcast if we did not talk about the fact that JT Daniels um, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of all over the place here at all, but you know, that's kind of how this episode, I knew that's how it would kind of go, uh, with what, what we're talking about, because there's just, there's so much uncertainty with the portal and these, you this early know. signing day, but JT Daniels, um, I think this is probably going to be the first guy ever to start for four different division one college football programs. Uh, he started his career at USC, played. Uh, lost his job there, got, I got, believe, got hurt, to, or got hurt. Then Keaton lost Slovis, to Slovis transferred to Georgia. Started against started, kind of got hurt. Then lost his job to Stetson, uh, the mailman, your and, hero, and then transferred to West Virginia and didn't ever really get hurt. But kind of they went back and forth with him and that green kid. Um, never was really, yeah, you know, West Virginia. They weren't very good, but. Um, and now he's headed to Rice. He's going to be an owl. So he's going to go zero and three in DKR with three different teams. Yeah, I saw he he gets to play in Texas for a third time. He he, he went there as a true freshman with USC L. <laughs> went there this year with West Virginia L. Coming in next year with Rice. Phenomenal. That's, I mean, that's just phenomenal. I mean, absolutely and, incredible. And we talk. What was the guy who just got like a ninth year of eligibility? Oh, the tight end from Oregon. Yes. Yeah, he was a freshman in 2016. Yeah. That's he, when I that's he, my last year of college, yeah, y'all. He, he's, Literally, eight, that was like six years ago. Yeah, he's, he's going for his ninth year of eligibility. So, yeah, I, I actually saw a – it was like – so 2016, he redshirted. Then he got hurt. Then he played. Then he got hurt again. Then he gets COVID, or then COVID. Yep. And so, like, I'm trying to think. But basically, he, yeah, not like hit, and he, so he can play this year for his eighth year, yep. and then he can actually come back again next year. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, hey, it's wild. That guy is going to be what? Almost thirty by the, by the time he. Like twenty six. He's gonna be in his mid twenties. Yeah, gonna be like 26. my age. I'm a twenty seven years old out there playing with a bunch of eighteen year old kids. <laughs> um, hey, enjoy enjoy the living the life. Yeah, why not? I mean, if if you're getting your if he's on scholarships, getting his school paid for. I mean, he's he's gonna at, get a at this point. He's I, gonna get a doctorate. Guy better have a doctorate's degree at this point. Like he got, he better at least have his master's. Right. Like you got to at least if you're gonna be in school that long, you better at least have a master's degree. And not be taking the Adrian Peterson special in basket weaving. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Dalt, I mean, you know, we're looking at about an hour in here, man. I I don't have a whole lot more to add on on this uh, signing day stuff and, you know, recruiting. We we kind of just wanted to give an update on, on these classes. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit about our two teams that I'm sure, you know, nobody probably really wants to hear about. As a Texas fan, I know you're happy with today. It was a good day. As you know, for me, Oklahoma, like the day could, the, for me, I looked at it as the day could have been better. Yes. Like we could have ended up with Akana and Bowen, and we would have probably had number four, or number five class in the country. But, you know, still 
two five-star kids, first five-star defensive player since, I believe, 2016, and the Atabare kid. Um, I can't complain. It's a top no, 10 class. Top 10 class. I, I'm never going to complain about a top 10 class. And and to me, this recruiting stuff, you just, you never really know. I mean, sometimes that stuff doesn't translate to the field whatsoever. I mean, A&M's a prime example last year of that. They have the best class of all time, and they went five and seven. Yeah. And I know those guys are all freshmen, but half of them aren't even there anymore. They transferred. Yeah. They're in the portal. And that's, and that's what we talked about in our group message. What, because BP said, you know, all this hype for kids that are probably going to be in the portal next year. It depends on what you're selling these kids. Like I said, if you're telling kids, hey, you're going to come in and you're going to be the guy, and they get there and they don't play what you – what they're not as good as what they put on tape, and they're going to have to maybe sit a year and then come in and play maybe in a year or two, egos nowadays, kids aren't going to do that. The portal makes it too easy. They can get in, they get out, go somewhere else. Right. And, you know, that that's kind of my thing. I saw uh, Stuart Mandel, who I'm not a fan of at all, but he basically tweeted out kind of what BP had said to us about how signing day is kind of just, you know, it's now become a who's getting a paycheck and going to be gone in a year. You know, to an extent. You know, I think a lot of these guys, a lot more than you think, they stick and stick around at that program. Um and I think, you know, you guys retain pretty well at Texas, but obviously you guys have a, a very influential NIL, you know, product that you give to your athletes, not just football players. Um, place like Oklahoma, it's obviously not as heavy. I mean, obviously they have NIL, but it's it's not like the Texases, the Texas A&Ms, the Miamis, you know, of the world to that degree. Um, but it's, it's all interesting, it, and, you know, for us – you know, top a th- top three class, top eight class. As as fans, we can't complain. Um, some of these schools that are you know big time programs that are not doing so well on the recruiting trail. You you wonder you know what uh, you know Oklahoma for me recruiting is not something that I've paid a whole lot of attention to up until the last you know four or five years. Really, since kind of since Lincoln took over, he really put more emphasis. Bob had kind of gotten away from it and OU's recruiting kind of took a hit in that regard but you know it's nice knowing that you have these players that should if they're evaluated correctly and then if you develop them they're going to help you down the road a lot of these guys are not going to play as true freshmen for the most part Um, I think there's certain positions that that do help immediately look at positions like wide receiver yeah I was uh, gonna say your skill positions wide receiver running back you're going to get you're going to get guys because, I mean, when you get a guy with that kind of talent, you put him in space, he's going to make plays. Corners, safeties, a little bit. Offensive line, they're very rare that you have freshmen that play and play well. Right. I mean, they have to be like – Right, you guys had next, a little bit of that next, you know, this past world. year. I mean, we at, got very lucky Texas. with what um, we got. But, right, like you, you look at, at wide receiver, you know, even a position like, you know – on the defensive side of the ball, like like defensive backs, I feel like they can kind of play, you know, fairly early in their careers. It's a little harder as a lineman or a, a backer, um, you know, because a backer, I feel like you have to know so much of the defense. Defensive lineman, you obviously want to improve your size and speed. So your frame's got to be better. Um, 
But, you know, that that was kind of just what we wanted to bring today was kind of an update on recruiting. Obviously, there's there's football that has been played, but none of it has we, – we obviously touched on kind of the major stuff in the bowl games. But we, we do have a bowl game tonight, so we're going to keep updating our records of, you know, who wins our, our bowl competition. And, you know, we, we are finally getting into the kind of the more of the meat and potatoes of these bowl games. And like I said earlier, we are going to get into our uh, playoff and New Year's Six breakdown next week. So back to a normal schedule. Yeah, pretty much. It'll be a little bit more more normal next week. So, you know, we hope all you guys tune in. Uh, if you guys enjoyed the show, please rate us five stars and write us a good review. Uh, the podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, and Stitcher. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching the Cover 2 Podcast. Dalt is on Twitter as the Oki Longhorn. I'm still on Twitter just as myself, Tim Smithson. You know, like always, guys, you know, interact with us on Twitter. Share the show. So if you guys enjoy it, you know, tell your friends about it. You know, tweet us on Twitter. You know, interact with us. Um, we we enjoy all of that. We, we go back and forth all the time on Twitter, so interact with us have have some fun but don't with that if you don't got anything else i guess we're out don't forget to cover the flats